Welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast presented by MAP. MAP, the premium apparel company based out of North Melbourne, 22 Vale Street, or check out their full range at map.cc. My name's Alex Clements. I'm here with Campbell Flakemore and a special guest to join us later on for the, the last segment. He's been in demand in demand over the last month he, while he's been absentees over in the United States of America. Today, we're going to look at uh, just a bit of the news post-tour. We did a full tour unpack with Maxi Gorn last week. We well then we've got a heap of viewer questions, so that's good. Thanks for writing in. Campbell's just come off releasing his interview that he did over summer with Alan Piper. For me, the best you've ever done. Well, I actually listened back to it when I was doing the edit, and I'm like, he seems like the coolest man in the world. He's done it all in cycling, and for a for a bloke from country Victoria to do what he's done, both as a rider and as a a DS and you know what he was talking about with HTC and and BMC um he's done it all in in the management as well so he's a genuine um he was a pioneer for Australian cycling but also just a, a wizard also like sport. just seems like the best person in the world like just cool like telling stories yeah. chilled out not yeah I, I really enjoyed it yeah yeah oh, back, I, I, was, I really I enjoyed it too and then also one other thing we've got, we've got an order this week which made a reminder we've also got some t-shirts left so if you want to support the SSS We've got 40 bucks for a T-shirt on the website. All the cash goes towards um, paying Campbell's enormous wage. So make sure you check them out at uh, on our website, stanleystreetsocial.com. So I guess, unfortunately, the race post the Tour de France was the Tour of Poland, which, because of the atrocious event that happened on stage three... Early in the race. Early, early in the race. We're talking about the, the passing of Bjorg Lamprecht from Lotto Sudal, who who crashed, I think it was quite early in the stage, mm. on the downhill, and then he passed away in hospital um, getting surgery. So, yeah, I mean, the rest of the race kind of doesn't really mean a whole lot. Just the whole race in general? Yeah. Was, no, no, actually, the sport in general. Mm. It's all like, ah. Uh, it's like nothing really matters. Just it takes those violent reminders to uh, just remind people how how dangerous this sport is. Yeah, you know. When was the last time there was a few last year? People dying of some Belgian guys dying of heart attacks. Yeah, yeah, that was from uh, the the tachycardia heart disease, which is another scary part of sport in general. Um, which is what I talked about in that podcast with Andre mm. Lagersh. But in terms of this this kind of death through a crash, um, it seems like it's been a while. I think it was 2011, Water Whalen from uh, Leopard. But, yeah, I mean, the race went on. It must be, must be hard putting your, your shoes on the next day and clipping in. I know they just ra- – they have like – it's a bit of a um, – a memorial kind of day. The teams are right at the front for 10Ks each and there's no result at the end of the day. But even then, just to still go and ride 200K, just thinking Imagine the whole how time. much you're questioning what you're doing. Yes. You're like, oh, is this worth it? Mm. Do I still want to do this? And then two days later, they go out and they race full gas. It's like, ugh. Like, these guys that get up and, and get on with it after an event like that, it's, it's incredible. I guess from an Australian point of view, Jai Henley did have a good ride. Yeah, he did. 
Third on a stage. The, the key stage, the main yeah, stage. The big, the big day. Queen stage, if you will. Um, and then snuck into the top two, second overall in the general. It's a, good, a nice little progression for Jai. Yeah, it is. And uh, he's 23, which is... Um, He's seeming like a bit of an old cat now with, with some of the youngsters that are going out and yeah, doing he was like, a year too old, really. Yeah, doing things that like what we're seeing now with uh, Remco and Bernal and also Sivakov, who won the Tour of Poland. Yeah. He's I think he's the same age as Jai, born in 1996. So the crop of it's a he's big. 97. He's actually a year younger than Jai. He's he's 22. <laughs> <laughs> so this crop of young riders that are coming through at the moment is it's incredible. Um, and I'm sure we'll get onto those. I think there's some questions at the yeah, end. Yeah, there's a few questions around that. To we'll touch, touch on, on that. touch on this, but um, yeah, from an Australian point of view, Jai Hindley, that's that's fantastic for him, and it's a good confidence boost because Tour of Poland, it's a World Tour race. It's a good start list, and there's been some good winners there. In the yeah, past. And I guess uh, Jack Haig was one that's been successful there. Yeah, he won a stage there last year, um, and he's but like kind of previously before he's taken that next step up. I guess. Um, one pitfall for Jai is that Lucas is the same age as him and all these other guys are the same as him and they've all been just straight out of the back crushing it. Yeah. Um, but it, it's thing it's important to note that he's 23 and that nice, it's a, it's a question that we got later on, that nice progression into the world tour versus bursting onto the scene and winning some of the biggest races in the world, the pressures that come with that, the weighting that's on your shoulders, it's, it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing to mentally manage. But I guess for Jai, his result kind of hasn't really been talked about that much because no. of it's been overshadowed by the, yeah. the tragic death, which, alas, uh, it's not great for anyone. At no, all. no <laughs> one wins. No, no, no one wins. Before all this, San Sebastian was on. And to our theme of the last month and a bit, how was Remco? He's born in the year 2000. Year 2000. Or maybe even... So he's 19. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. First he's not year out 20. Of, he's first year out of under-19s. And he took the chocolates solo at a world tour event that a lot of riders put a fair bit of emphasis on this event. It's not, it's not a 2.2. It's not kind of a you know, real back, back end of the year. This is, this is a genuine race. Well, people come off the back of the Tour de France absolutely flying, and a lot of the guys that do well with the Tour go to San Sebastian because they, they feel like they can hold on to their form as long as they're not on the piss all week. Mm. They can show up at San Sebastian with a, pretty much a week off, might do one big day in there, and, and rock up absolutely flying. Alaphilippe, he was at the start line, but he was completely cooked from his Tour de France, but for his teammate Remco, who... He's kind of doing the team job. He was getting bottles in the last 50K and then eventually just got in the right move and went away by himself. But I think he's the youngest rider. Not even Peter Sagan um, won a world tour race at his age. So he's the youngest rider to win a, a world tour race ever. It must just be a bit easy. Like, Imagine him bouncing out of bed in the morning going... Just go and training, just do some hard work. And I'm going to go out there and just belt them all, like, straight off the bat. Mm. Like, because remember when he first came onto the scene, just before Worlds last year, and you're going back through his stat sheet, and he literally hardly finished outside the top three. Yeah. In no matter what the race was. 
straight into the World Tour, which is arguably one of the biggest jumps in cycling from under-23s, let alone from under-19s. And he's got two wins now under his belt. Well, he's got his... Oh, and and plus the um, Hammer Series. Well, we crushed Hammer Series, which... Yeah, I mean you can count that if you if you want. I'm not going to count it. <laughs> but Tour of Belgium, GC won a stage there, fourth in the TT. Then he won a stage at um, a 2.1 in Italy, eighth on the general, and then goes and wins San Sebastian ahead of GVA um, and and other big names, Solvo as well. Mm. Uh, as a 19 year old, from right from the group, not. Some rogue breakaway. No, 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 not at all. But I, I honestly thought that he wouldn't, he wouldn't be competing. I mean, it was—it's so hard to know what the level gap is between under 19s and the world tour. Under 19s, you're racing boys. Yeah, and yes, you can—he can be winning every race there, and then, well, you can have an under 19 that crushes under 19s, and then goes to 23s, and they get found out. Yeah. So for him to go from under 19s to world tour, I was like. Uh, I don't know. Like, maybe it's too much, but obviously this guy is just a—he's an outlier. He's a—he's a big, big talent, and who knows? He, he could do anything really, as long as he keeps his head on. And uh, you can imagine what the press is like in in Belgium, blowing they, wind up his ass, pissing wild. in his pocket, all the rest. So if he can, if he can keep his head screwed on, and uh, the Fevre can keep him under control, and under his wings. Hmm. See what, there was some article that he he tweeted on, yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, in Flemish or something. Yeah, I couldn't click on it because I don't speak Flemish. Got some or ridiculous Dutch. amount of traction. Though. Pretty much him saying, "Oh, like stop, the, like stop spreading rumors." And there was some like Italian girl in the picture. Like, <laughs> so if there's any uh, any Belgian listeners out there that can trans translate that for us, let us know what it actually said. Then he went on to the Euro Champs, rode the TT. Oh yeah. On the TT, and he put time into Stefan Kung. Well, Stefan Kung was he, he was ended fourth. Up, ended up he fourth. didn't even run a podium. Um, but just to put things into context, yeah, that's it's it's kind of a good marker to use Alex as well as Alex Dowsett, who was in fifth. Yeah. These guys are TT specialists. Dowsett especially, he he froths over a TT. He loves a TT more than anyone. But as Green was second, probably one of the the riders of the Tour de France, the strongest, the strongest. One of the strongest. He did more miles on the front than anyone. Mm. And also, Eduardo Affini from Mitchell and Scott, the Italian. Rare to have an Italian TTA. I think Adriano Malori probably was the last one. He's now retired. I think he was he was under thirty when he retired as well. But anyway, mm. Remco won that TT, nineteen seconds to Asgreen, and then uh, Affini twenty one, and then Kung on the same time. So <sighs> I saw some tweet that someone's like, uh, I think we might have been Killian Kelly. The Irish guy who's pretty good on Twitter. He's like, yeah. who's who's going to beat Remco at Worlds? I don't know. What what Roland Ennis are we going to get at Worlds? What Garant Thomas are we going to get at Worlds? Tommy D. These guys are still to come back. But if Remco wants to target the World Championship TT, I can't see why he can't shake things up. Yeah. I mean, with, no, the, uh, with a performance it, like that... It'd be hard to argue against that. The only thing that I will argue against that is this was 24 minutes. That's a... Traditionally, and that's what they do in that under nineteen circuit. That's that sort of that time bracket is where if you want to win the world championships, I think you got to be doing double that fifty minutes to an hour, which is going to be that's a big jump. That's a yeah. massive jump to double, double the time. So that's probably going to be the 
the area where he might get found out. But he's kept answering all the questions up until now, so it wouldn't be a surprise to see him get selected for that World Championships and, and give it a nudge. The Euro Road Race, um, very windy up north. Mm, and and the Italians, the Italians pretty much all made the split. Traditionally not so good in the wind. Tradition. But they had Trenton, they had Viviani, the, the, they're two key men that ma- both made the split. Um, and that, that kind of set the race up for them, put the Dutchies on the back foot. Mm. And Viviani rode one of the most crafty races you'll ever see. Let's not forget, he, he's a track, he's, he's got the track background, Alex. Yeah. He, he's a crafty, crafty man and he's won a lot of bike races this year, so... It's not a surprise to see him to see him win, but there's also Ackerman was he was there in that group and Well Lampard's tacked with circa three K to go. Viviani just led Ackerman into doing the job, but he was cooked. <laughs> Viviani just, Viviani, Viviani cool head. Cool head, bounced across, no worries, and Lampard's actually rode a lot. Do you reckon there's any kind of... I know they're riding for their nations here. But the Trade both, team... Yeah, they're both on Specialised. They've both got quick-step helmets on. Do you reckon there's some sort of in-team in bonus yeah. that gets shared maybe? I, I, have, I, haven't look, I haven't looked at the Belgian team, but maybe they just had no one back in the bunch because it was, it, was, it was a bunch sprint. But I guess we, yeah. tactically, you'd say, why, like, why would you ride? He was always going to torch him and he even led the sprint out too like it wasn't kind of he wasn't wasn't playing any games at all really mm. the bunch was coming so i don't know if he was thinking yeah we'll take second or as you said there's a little bit of they're both on the same trade team and yeah who knows should we get on some questions so we'll start on the insta and thanks for thanks for piling them in we've got 14 comments on the insta plus a couple on the twitter and one on the Facebook, starting at the top. This is from Riley Hart, but it's also covered off by a few others. Winners and losers from the transfer market so far. Well, I'm going to start things off with a couple of lose, well, three losers. Mm-hmm. Viviani going to Cofidis, not Weird. for mine. Chenzo going to Trek, and CCC picking up Zacharin. They're all not good for mine. Why not? What don't you like about them? Viviani is what you showed last night. He's, he's crafty, he's crafty as it gets. But I think he re- he thrives with that quick step lead out train, like thrives with it. And yes, he will be getting paid an absolute packet from Cofidis. Yeah, where's Bu- is Buhani moving on? I don't know. This? I don't know. <laughs> you, you'd assume so. You'd assume so. You think so? Yeah. I just I just don't know. It, it won't be the same. Like he's had. If you look at his stat sheet from this year, it's it's huge. Yeah, it is. It's huge. Includes a Tour de France stage as well, which he hasn't been able to do before. Mm-hmm. So I think, I don't know, follow the money, but yeah, I don't think it's a good step. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It's like Quintana going to Sam Sick. What's it called? Yeah. The team with Greipel and Barguil. There must be a lot of money in French cycling at the moment. Mm. These teams are paying these these riders a packet, but Viviani, he's only he's only thirty. He's still got a couple of good years left in the tank and. I'm not sure whether there's a new sprinter coming on at Quickstep. Her Bennett might be going there. So, you know, it's yeah. this is what happens with the sprinters. They move around a little bit. You don't want to be on the same team as another sprinter. No. But Coffee just 
you're right. It's got to be just a packet of money that's sold him there. Um, Vincenzo, it's got to be keeping Segafredo uh, happy. Italian just the league. Italian sponsor. They're just they're kind of that's their what they're good at is picking up riders that are on the out. Just a little bit past. They them. always pick up superstars, but they're always on the out. This kind of seems like nothing's going on there. Um, and the third one, Zacharin to CCC. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't really understand what Zacharin's appeal is in terms of he might pick up a stage he'll in the back a, end of a Grand Tour. He'll give you a stage win at a Grand Tour. He can. You pretty much pen him in for one of those a season. Maybe they're just hoping that one day it might all click and he might get a podium in a Grand Tour. There's a lot of hoping in that. There's a lot of hope in that. Um, he's good for a top 10 in a Grand Tour, but... <sighs> It's not an exciting move, is it? And they've also signed Trentin, which is a kind of a kind of like GVA, yeah, but not really. He's going to be wanting to win the same races as Greg Van Avermaet, yeah. And I can just see problems already arising there. <laughs> <laughs> Another question: Pick for the world's road race. This is from Lukey. Pick from the world's road race in UK and thoughts on the Oz team. Who's the leader? Anyone's guess right now. Pick well, for the worlds. It's that punchy sort of course, isn't it? It's uh yeah. you know, Sargon maybe. Maybe it's a, a little bit too hard. But I think I'm probably Alif Philippe isn't on the source for the next two months. Yeah, which is possible. Uh Alif Philippe, of course, and also Matthew Matthew Vanderpool, I think will will really shake things up. I think you you want to come and just show everyone that he's the best on any bike in the world. And it's a nice parkour for him. And uh, we saw what he did at the Amstel Gold Race early in the season. So it'd be nice to see Matthew. And for the Australian team, mm, what are your thoughts on it, Alex? I'm just going to... Um, I guess it's all for Matthews. Simone for a top Sim- 10 if it goes pear-shaped. Simone will probably want to do his own thing, I reckon. You reckon? I reckon Simone's probably thinking... I haven't, got I've the, a, I haven't got many of these left. I haven't got many of these left. And he had a, he's had a good year. He's had a good season. He was top 10 in Firenze. Filthy, wet day when uh, Rui Costa beat Rodriguez the wet, and the, the wetter it is, the better for him. Yes. Uh, I reckon he might want to be doing his own thing a little bit, Simon. Yeah. He's a loyal teammate, though, so if... If you know everything's all right, of course he'll be he'll be working for Matthews. But if he gets the all clear and if he puts his his keys in the bowl and he's open about things, I think he might be able to get his own his own pass. But then you got good workers, Docker, Durbridge, um, Sutherland, and it depends what sort of Nathan Hass shows up. If he's in twenty seventeen Amstel Gold form, he he can really shake things up in the final. Jack Haig. Interesting. Be good Interesting in, selection. Good in support when it gets grippy. When it, yeah. Just a, a good, solid rider. Yeah. Um, and I think what people forget, there's a lot of uproar sometimes about these team selections, but you, you do have to put your hand up. You you can say, I don't want to do the road world. So yeah. maybe there's some riders that have said that, so that's why some other riders have been selected. And it so. depend, depends where, how your season's shaping up. It's, Deep into the season. It is deep into the season. It's another long, long day on the bike. And especially for those Australian guys that are, don't have that long before they're backing up again at the yeah. Nationals, it it suits riders like Bling that don't come back to Australia yeah. more. And it's probably another 
four or five days in camp as well, mm. like in a kind of a race environment. So you can see why people don't want to do it, but at the same time, you don't get a, a chance to represent your country yeah. all the time. So Underscore R underscore Nath. Uh, where for Richport now with Nibbly joining Trek? Chances of winning the tour getting better or worse? I was speaking to one of my mates today, uh, Ray. His name's Ray. He prefers to be anonymous. And uh, we're talking about this, actually. And he made a pretty good suggestion, actually, for Richie Port. He thought that he wouldn't mind seeing Richie go back to Ineos and be a worker for a couple of years. At the end of this Trek contract, go back to Ineos. Oh, and just conclude that he can't win the tour? Yep, I think so. I don't think he... I don't think... I don't know. It just seems like he doesn't... He doesn't want to have to deal with the stress of being a Grand Tour winner. Mm. Week-long tours, he's one of the best in the business. But I don't know. I didn't mind Ray's thinking. Get back to Ineos, win a couple of tours with Bernal or Grant Thomas and and finish on a high. Yeah. Pumps to Graham. Will Vini, uh, we've already kind of covered this. How will Viviani do it? Cofidis, not as good. <laughs> you wouldn't have thought so. No, nah, nowhere near as good. Thoughts on our Dennis selection for Worlds. Has he been seen or heard since the Tour de France from power on the bike? Yeah, he had to select him for Worlds. Of course. He's the uh, defending champion. He's the defending champion. Have I seen or heard from him since Tour de France? Don't think he's done has. A, he's done a bloody good job. He's kept a super low profile <laughs> and people have probably started to forget about it all. 100% they'll forget about it. They, people, they people, forgot about it the week later at the Tour. Yeah, people stopped talking about it and he kind of just... I'm guessing he can hopefully... Stay low to Worlds and then come out and win Worlds and then people stop talking about whatever he did at yeah. the tour and be talking about good things. But it'll be interesting to see how how he goes. With, yeah. I don't think he's gonna have he's gonna have no racing. I don't I don't imagine he could gonna, he could come in with this super time trial form. I don't imagine he's gonna pull on the Bahrain jersey again. <laughs> <laughs> so he might go and do Chrono Champagne as a little bit of a touch up in the national kit. We'll uh, Meister Cameron when's Tom Hamilton's concept? Continental breakfast back about two minutes very soon. Uh, Corey XOXO, we've kind of answered this again. Best and worst rise of the transfer. Talked about that. This is a good one from Nathan Edwinson. With the recent amazing performance for performances from young pros and the very high expectations from their future careers, is there a risk that they flame out early like the other? Past notables such as Kunigo, it's a it's a new era. Yeah, that unheard of to be performing at that kind of caper at twenty two, especially at that world tour race. The good guys used to be able to jump in, and those smaller level races, the the slightly lower level races, do well. But to be able to pull things together at the the top top end and win, is it just me or you? Yeah, there was never kids coming in and just crushing it like this. Well, you, you wouldn't even you wouldn't even do the Tour de France. Yeah, I don't know. It just I mean, when we were probably starting to watch bike racing in two thousand and eight, two thousand twelve, kind of in that period, just I just don't recall. I mean, Peter Sagan was winning the Tour at thirty odd. Yeah, Peter Sagan, I guess, is a little bit of an outlier, but it wasn't like he was kind of the start. Yeah. But it was always the old guys, Boone and Cancellara. I guess Boone was probably a rider who crushed it from a young age as well, though. Let's not forget that. I don't know. It's but were they this? It seems like they were a bit older. 
was it just a little younger? Well, <laughs> <laughs> it I'd seems like you were like uh, twenty five minimum. Yeah, like yeah. at least you finished your under twenty threes. Yeah, these guys, probably, these guys coming out of the junior juniors. Probably not this young. No, not not like Bernal and and uh, and Evan Pohl, which is he's he, that's that's. I don't know. He needs to be in a completely different category because him and Bur- him and Bernal. Bernal, what is he now? He's, he's only twenty two. No, he's twenty two or twenty three. Think about when you were twenty two. Mm, not doing. You're not that. winning the Tour de France. You, you don't even winning a World Tour race. Mm. That You're is wrong. unreal. Yeah. Him and Remco sit over there in the corner. They they do not. They're not human. Everyone else is back over here. Yeah. And so I, I think the question, the person that asked uh, the question about Cunigo. So he was 23 when he won the Giro. Only won one Grand Tour. And he kind of stopped winning big races at about 28, 29. So, so a, Remco's going to win a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you can have 10 good years of winning races. Wow. But yeah. I what mean, would you do about managing, managing them? That's a very tricky topic. Isn't it? Because, because no, normally, if they're that younger age, you, you put them into the pro conti races, the two point twos or whatever they call it. Yeah, two point ones. Two point ones. You give them a feel of the world tour, and they normally go all right, and then you progress into that full season. These guys are coming out and winning big bike races. How do you? Yeah, oh, like how, how do you? How do you keep them motivated? I don't know. Because if you go out and let's say. When you're growing up, you want to win the Tour de France, and you win it at 22. Like, what's well, the goal well, now? We, I want we to go, win it ten well, times. Like, we go like worked all his life to get to the Tour. Nah, too hard. That's it. Done it once. That's all I need to do. Yeah. Like, because it is that hard. Yeah. But it was like Bernal. Well, it was his second, but it was his first try. First attempt. First, first Grand Tour doing the general. Yeah. And he goes and wins. It's it's unbelievable. I don't know what the management are going to do, but it seems like he's actually got a really good head on his shoulders. Evan Pohl seems like he might be a little bit different. I think he might be he might be that, you know, he wants to be the king of Belgium. He's got a little bit more of that rock star kind of personality. He's from, from Belgium. From Belgium. From Colombia. Um, got a football background. I don't know. I think he might be a little bit harder to keep on track, but um, a different kind of rider, I think. I mean, we don't know what sort of rider Evan Pohl is going to be, but he... He's probably more going to go down those one-day kind of TT avenues right yeah. now, but it could Belgium. be anything. From Early Bird Spin, love to hear your thoughts on Ride London Women's Race winner, where she got DQ for deviating from her line. Fairly called or p- promoted by the very nasty crash that unfolded behind her. Yeah, we uh, we were looking at it, and it was it was. A Bloody big pile-up in the end. Huge crash. Big pile-up. And whenever you're in a sprint finish in the last few hundred metres, if someone goes down like that, it's always going to be like dominoes. But looking at the overhead, it didn't look didn't look too bad. Uh, while she, she stepped out a little bit, you see that all the time in sprints. Like th- There yeah. was a gap there. She stepped out and Hoskins has just obviously overlapped the wheel a little bit and got caught on it. She went down mighty hard and then everyone sort of went over the top of her but oh, I don't know it's not good to see big crashes like that so you can see why they've rubbed her out but looking at it it didn't look like it was that bad it wasn't that aggressive she did step off her line a little bit but it wasn't erratic we've seen a lot where people 
they step out hard left or right. It wasn't like that. It was a slight move just to be able to open up a sprint down the left-hand side. And it was just a pity that Hosking was just right there on her hip. Um, I don't know. Would, I, I, would honestly, have you DQ'd her? No. No, I wouldn't have. Would you? No, I don't. I, Didn't I don't look that bad, did it? No. I mean, the crash was bad, but the movement, not so much. Yeah. Andrew Hull, we've talked about Richie's, uh, Richie's future. Jethro Nagel. What's we've talked about this a little bit too, but what's your thoughts behind the increased success of younger riders? Is it a little bit different? What are your thoughts? What why is this happening? I don't know. Remember when you're watching footy or soccer when you were older, or when you were younger, and you're like, these guys are just like, these guys are just like gods. Huh. <laughs> you just like, they're just these 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 madmen, and even cycling like Cantuar and Boonen. And is it just because now that we're older, like? doesn't seem like it's as daunting. I don't know. Like, obviously... Oh, and also a 20. At all. I'm just trying to get my head around it, but... Like, I, I I'd, sa- I'd say that there's more of, like a, more of a development path, but there's not. The sport's <laughs> a mess. Um, maybe it's just teams looking younger. Like, they, they just kind of weren't really... They're a bit scared to go there in the past, but... They're picking guys up from the under-19s. They're picking Bernal up. Out of Columbia. Out of Columbia. Like, it's just a uh, more breadth of the way they look at the where they can get riders from. That They're just more talent. Do you think it could also be kids following stricter training programs from a younger age and being a little bit more prepared at a younger age? And maybe in the past, kids... Maybe just do what they want, and then all they were doing, all they were doing, filthy thousand k weeks, and it took so long to get on top of it that possibly, or 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 that yeah, things are just a little bit more calculated now. Trainings alter numbers, and there's all these TSS and your training load and all of that. Every you man, know? every man, his dog's got a power meter. Yeah, maybe it's just a little bit more polished that people can get up for the big races at a younger age now and be more competitive. I don't know. I honestly don't know, but it's definitely. It's definitely a trend that's starting to, to pan out, especially this year more than any other year. What kind of person do we get to, to ask that question to? Sports scientist? Not really. Don't know. Maybe we'll just ask Lefebvre. But you see it in other sports though, don't you? Tennis. Well, they come out of the AFL. But tennis and soccer, you see stars at 19, mm. 20. But tennis is different because they, they're like, they pluck them out of Eastern Europe at 13 and take them to the USA Tennis School. Like mm. they're, they're prodigies. It's the same as soccer, isn't it? You don't see it as much in cycling because so much changes. The, the thing about the guys that were winning when we were under 19. I guess cycling, it's all physical. That's where tennis and other sports like soccer, it's a little bit more, it's, it's all skill-based. There's a little bit of physical, but if you're technically superior to anyone else, you can, you can be 17 and you can beat a fully developed 30-year-old if you're yeah. smarter and quick enough. Hmm. Ryan Bridges uh, on the Facebook. What do you think of the Aussie men's team for Worlds? Kind of ticked over that part, but will they win a medal? No. Even wrong. It's a big question. No, no one can make call on exactly. that. Exactly. No so going in completely blind. But I think he's going to want to come out and he's going he's, <laughs> he's to want to prove everyone that he's still the best time trials in the world. And we, talk, we talked about this also. Was anyone lucky to miss out? It's so hard to know because unless you're on the inner sanctum yeah. um, within that rider's world, 
you don't know because you don't know if they want to do it or not. After a big break, I think it's time for the Continental Breakfast. Welcome back, Tom Hamilton. What's your middle name again? Eldie. Eldie. Welcome back, Thomas Eldie Hamilton. (laughs) Sit down, get comfortable and get ready to delve into the strange and beautiful world of continental cycling. The Continental Breakfast. The Continental Breakfast. (laughs) So we're back. It's been a long couple of months. Surely I've been sorely missed. But we're back with a Spanish-themed, inspired team this week. Campbell and Alex. Is this going to be a kind of a thing running into the Vuelta? Is this kind of a, well, I think a time so. theme based kind of thing? I, I, it seems it's El, El Patron over there. Because we had to get out of Italy. We had four, four episodes, sorry, three episodes, and nearly I thought we'd better diversify. We'll, we'll jump into the, the realms of Spanish continental cycling this week. Um, so we're looking at, uh, I know we did a poll. I think Alex set up a poll on uh, the Instagram, which I, I didn't look at. So, <laughs> so I've, I've just picked um, Uscadi Murias. Murias. Uscadi Murias. <laughs> uh, those guys, you know, you know who I'm talking about. What, but, um, what, do, they, what do they look like? What are, they're green. Anyway, I'll get into that. But um, they founded in 2015. So they're actually a young team. I thought they were like the bits and pieces left over from Uskati, Uskatel, who used to be my favourite team growing up. Like, it was just, they didn't really win much, but, like, they were just all super, just, just, just unreal bikers. I wish they were still the, I wish it was still the same organisation. Because I was the yeah. same. Sammy Sanchez, they're ripping it up. Yeah, just, like, just unreal. But um, the, I don't think these guys have anything to do with that, with the old team. But... Anyway, so they founded in 2015. They were continental team until 2018. Then last year they became pro conti. So their their origins are in the continental rounds of and cycling. They're, but they're also we love. They're we also, do love this. They're also currently not eligible for your segment. No, but, <laughs> have we done one continental team? Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I don't think we actually have, have we? Because <laughs> no, the Alf wasn't continental either. No, they're just amateur. <laughs> but anyway. Um, they were once continental at least, so that's, that's a start. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, so 2015, they were Marius uh, Taldea. My Spanish is just as good as my Japanese and my uh, Italian, so uh, I'll have to be forgiven for everything I say it, f- forever on this podcast. But uh, 2016, 2017, they were Basque region Dash Marius, and then 2018... Uh, until present day, they're just Uscardi Marias. So um, that's who we're talking about. Boys, what do we think the sponsors do? Give it your, give it your shot. This is my favourite part, is you guys guessing what, <laughs> what, what these people do. Um, they're a cement company. No. They're about the only team that well, isn't sponsored by. Uscardi is, is the region or the area, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Oh, you're so smart. Well, you, are, you are so smart. I'm, I'm pretty sure. No, you are. Yeah, that's right. You're bang on there. Murias. Yep. Um, is that how you'd say it? Murias? That's how I'd say it. Good. What would they be? 
um, some sort of some sort of no, not tech. <laughs> tech. Basque, Basque region Basque tech. tech. What's something that's big yeah. in the Basque area? The Silicon, Re- the Silicon Valley up in the Basque country. <laughs> oh, I want to guess something. I don't know. I, I, they actually don't. had this Spanish Zuckerberg writing for them. No, they got nothing. I think I tried to look it up. I think it's a town or it's another province. It's like a, a, they're like you know how Astana is like a town yeah. in uh, Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. I think it's that same sort of vibe. Like Bahrain. Yeah. Merida, yeah. Sort of, yeah, okay, yeah. copy. So it's either you're sponsored Tenfold. by a construction sort of based company or um, a town. Because <laughs> towns tend to do this. But uh, anyway, moving moving right on. Um, big star, who to look out for? It's sort of like, it's like, who's the big star in... Like West Hobart's under thirteen junior soccer team, <laughs> like it's like yeah, there's there's definitely some good players on their team, but it's like kind of relative to like if they're going up against like FC Barcelona, <laughs> it's not really stars anymore, are they? They're just like good riders on that team. But Enrique Sanz was the guy that I picked out. He uh, of the seven wins that this team's had this year, which is actually pretty impressive because I'll go through their history of wins. He's won five out of their seven. So the whole team, I'm assuming, is going to be structured around this one guy getting up the road at some stage and uh, jagging himself a stage. Um, he rode for Movie Star for five years previously. So a bit of a veteran. I think he's one of the older guys on the team. But he, uh, yeah, look. <laughs> he's, he's, like, he's probably like a dad. Who's still like relatively fit? Well, he's, 20, just... he's twenty nine. He's not super old, Tom. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, it's a young side. There's only one rider over thirty. It is. He's he actually a pretty young side. I'll give you that. But um, oh, yeah, look. and that's Benat in Chelsty. Who? Yeah, that's who I'm looking at now, and very well pronounced. Because I was going to say, in Exhausty. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, is an X there? I suppose like Xavier. That's got an X. And you don't say Xavier. You do. Well, maybe you do. Some people do. Anyway, he uh, won two stages of the Giro previously. I think he also ran top 10 in one of those years. Um, Oscar Rodriguez, he won a stage last year at the Volta. I'm just going to just jump in again. He Go. spent three years at Team Sky as well in Chelsea. Did he? He's just come off the Sky books. Yep. Wonder 2016, why. 17 and 18. Chewed up, spat out type situation. A little or? bit, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, wow. I don't think. Yeah, I think he might have been injured a little bit because I don't remember seeing him too much. Yeah, it's a name. In his first year, fifteen race days. Uh, second year, three race days, and last year, and Chelsea did the Hammer Series. So <laughs> I think there must have been some serious injury. It's and got some good, like, good coin. I would have thought for that three years at Team so Sky. For me, that's just like just staring straight down the barrel of your token Basque rider on your squad, like. Of the 25 riders that'll be on the team, like he's like, yeah, we've got a Basque guy. Like, we're mm. a proper cycling team. It does team. go a long way. We've got a Northern it? Spanish. Like, we've got, we've got one of those guys on our team. So, like, we're a team. Um, so, alumni, there's, well, they haven't really had a long history, but there's one guy who's gone from riding with them that now rides for movie star in Eduard Prades, I'll go with. Prades. <laughs> Something like this. Prades probably sounds a little bit more likely. Does sound more likely, but still probably wrong. (laughs) 
Um, so, Team Victories, this is good. 2015, no victories. 2017, no victories. <laughs> Sponsors keep coming back. Um, 2018, won the Tour of Turkey, gobble, gobble. Uh, 2018, won the Tour of Norway. I think it was the same bloke too. Uh, and then in, I think this year, or maybe 2018 as well, anyway, they've run a drum at the Tour of Yorkshire. So they have managed to win on different continents. Well, same continent, but different parts of it at least. It's not like those Italian teams that can't win on continental Europe and have to go to like go chasing stages in like Cowie and the <laughs> humidity because <laughs> everyone else is just dying and they just <laughs> fly out the road. Um, but moving on, I guess like I tried, this was a bit of a weird one because like I don't really have a big passion for this team because I honestly thought I picked him because I thought this is like this is the old bits and pieces yeah. of Ascardi or Scatel or Scal, well, it, that orange team. Yeah, uh, and it's not. So it wasn't until like I got too far into um, into the proceedings that like, well, I can't really you can't turn change, around. Can't change. It's the ship sailed. So metaphor or a simile for this team, boys. Another long bow. So you'll have to bear with me here, but they're kind of like your second cousin. <laughs> In a way that you're not overly close. Um, you see him once a year, usually around Christmas time. Maybe once a year. Maybe once a year, like slash Christmas slash the Valta. Never <laughs> really speak to him until you see them there. You get chatting about everything in their life and at the end of the day you don't really care <laughs> at all about them. Um, and you just want to eat food and get pissed. And that's sort of this team. Like They're there. They're there. Like at, at the Christmas party and stuff, but it's just it's sort of just like taking part. You're not there for them. You're there for the roast and the and the stubbies and catching up with your uncles and stuff. You don't really care about your second cousins. They're there for the lunch and then they go home. You're like oh, I'll see you next year, I guess, boys. So they're sort of like that's what they are for me. They're a team that's they're they're turning up. You know what I mean? But hey, they might they might pot themselves a stage win. Don't know. <laughs> Hopefully they might uh, they might take all the crackling and uh, run off. <laughs> um, Which was your Italian squad that you did that snagged that four wins? I think after Androni you? did a right after after you previewed them on the Continental Breakfast. I, I should be getting a chop out from some of these teams because no one ever talks about them. You can tell us about the kit. Kit, yep. Glad you asked. <laughs> um, it is just genuinely terrible. It is so bad. Like the other teams is that bad. bad. Yeah, the other like the Italian ones, like you know, they got fifteen billion sponsors, and but it's gonna look it's gonna look shit from the start. But they can't help it because there's like thirty five trillion sponsors that are gonna get on board. These guys have just murray us to get on there, and they still manage to make it. This, look could, bad. this could be a Team Sky class kit with that. It could be. It's one just simple. It could just with one sponsor, but it's just like, it's terrible. Like it's a horrendous greeny yellow top. The only saving grace is the black shorts. Like, thank God someone made them black and not green. Because if I, honestly, if I rode for this team, I'd refuse to wear the top. I'd just <laughs> draw the sponsor on every day and just run bib shorts. I'd just, I'd just refuse, to wear the, uh, refuse to wear the jersey. I, I wouldn't be caught dead. But um, I, was, I was just about to say, I don't think it looks that bad. But then I've, I've looked it up. It's bad. On, on an actual rider riding and it, it's a little bit ordinary. It's a shocking good green. Training, good training kit. It's a horrific green. Not going to get hit by any cows and that one because they'll stay well away from you because they're going to think you're mad 
He's I just not, don't understand why 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 these people just can't get a good kit put together. Yeah, no. Um, so anyway, that's the kit. Interesting fact. So this team does actually aim. It does, I think, in their bio somewhere or their team information. They do aim to be the successor of Uscatel Uscardi um, as the leading professional team in the bus cycling region, I guess. Um, and like, I'm real horny for bus teams. Like, I just reckon it's like. You just you don't ever see them in the juniors or the U23s really ever, and then all of a sudden, like there'd be fifty professional bus cyclists just in and amongst teams. Like that guy that was just the token guy for Sky. Like he just no one's heard of him, but he's on he's, he rides for Ineos, like or Sky, wherever they were. Um, directors, general manager John Odrio Zola. So he's a former Spanish cyclist. He rode. Professional between 1995 and 2004 for Batik Del Monte, Ibanesto.com, which was a big team. Then some other team, I can't, Comunidad Valenciana Calma. Um, he rode in all three Grand Tours. And again, one of those directors that was just bang on in that like beautiful, Sweet spot. That beautiful <laughs> time in cycling when everything was great and fast and well and everything was right with the world. And now he's like running a team. <laughs> so great. Uh, um, team manager, Ruben Perez. So he's also a former Basque professional, Basque region professional cyclist. Um, he rode for Uscatel Ascardi. Again, my favorite team ever in the world. He, uh, bless you, Campbell. He had, he's only ever staged it. He was a pro for a long time. And much like this team, he only ever had one win, and that was at the Tour of Bavaria in 2010. <laughs> and this guy was a pro for years. Like, he's got a stat sheet similar to mine. Like, how am I not getting a gig with this team? Like, I could... Anyway, that, um, <laughs> it is what it is. Doping convictions, nil. Which don't we love. Yeah, don't know why I should be so surprised at that, but they... They've only been around for three years. Mm, that's, that is that's true. That's in their favour. It is working well and truly in their favour. Um, but I guess in summary, boys, like, yeah, looking at this team, like they're actually quite a boring. Can I can I just yep. ask one quick question? I've, I've looked at their team sheet, and there's a rogue Frenchman in Cyril Bar Barthier. Yep, talk to me about him. Is he obviously someone that lives quite close to the border, and they've just bought him in? <laughs> I think uh, he's like much like Sky had the token bus rider. They had the token <laughs> Southern French rider in the squad. I think it's because when they go to France, they need someone to order the coffees. <laughs> He's literally there for translations. <laughs> that would be my guess because he has done nothing. <laughs> he he, mate, he barely win a race of the shower. That guy, like he, he no good. But um, I had a few top tens this year. Bits and pieces. Yeah, but it still don't get him a medal, does it? I wouldn't have thought. No. So uh, anyway, he does the coffee orders, but. Um, Again, yeah, like they're just probably one of the most least interesting teams ever. And I thought that would be the most interesting team. But anyway, a bit of a scathing, scathing review of Wiscardi Murias, boys. Maybe we need to throw back one week so you can actually do the real Wiscardi team. Mm. That would be kind of just a new segment, though, wouldn't it? Just be going over old pro teams. That more could, than the well, continental breakfast. that might be next year. Next year, that might be the, my, my flavour. G- Girl Steiner? Girls, oh. <laughs> that would be a then good. Then you start going into that real sweet spot. Go T Mobile, Unsay. Like this, you go to those like like early to mid nineties to mid two thousands teams. 
there is not a bad team like among like they're all bad, 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 bad teams. Uh, but bring on, bring on twenty twenty. Oh, that's actually yeah. I think I might actually do that next year because at least you can't go wrong. The teams have actually won stuff. Like, you and do, the, and they, there's no allegations. No, you can, <laughs> things have been run and won in court. <laughs> that's it. Disc, disco channel, bring them up. <laughs> USPS, no dramas. What they win? No, I won a few things. <laughs> oh, you can't actually. There's no like, what'd you do in 2015? No victories. Like, what'd you do in from 1997 to 2005? Oh yeah, we just won seven straight tours. <laughs> But uh, anyway, that's something maybe for next year. So if people want that, yell out because I'm more than happy to look into that. But I'd, the run sheet would be when we get to the doping convictions part. <laughs> we'll be here for a month of Sundays. So, so if you do want to hear Tom throw back the clock and change things up or continue his traditional continental breakfast as it is, let us know. Reach out to us. I don't know what we'd call it though. No, that's, we can we can we can work on that. We got time. Give me suggestions. But um, anyway, boys, that's the Continental Breakfast. So it's not, not the most exciting um, team. I tried to no. bring, bring a bit more out of them than what they'll probably give us in the Vuelta, but uh, that's, it is what it is, I guess. Is there going to be a few more of these pro-conti teams leading up to the Vuelta? I think so. Look, I don't think... I think Kofidis is the, the other one. There's Sergios BH, which I think I'll do them next. Kaja Ruhal. Mm, I reckon sure, I could I reckon, do Kaha. Yeah, this is doing a good service to the people because people are going to line up at the welter and go. Oh, I actually know who that team yeah. is. Yeah, if these, guys, if these guys win, which they and and their PR's gone up by a hundred percent this year. Yep, I've not done a team yet that hasn't won. Oh no, I probably haven't. Zelf didn't win a stage at the Giro, did they? No, but they're a big team. <laughs> Thanks, Tommy. <laughs> no dramas, boys. Thanks for having me back. Thanks to Map again for all their support. Thanks, Canvas. And we'll see you back at the social club next time.